Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free. How much better does it get? Second, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Third, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever your audience is tuning in, your podcast will be there. Fourth, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Look at us. We have less than 100 listeners per episode, yet we still make money on ads. Granted, it's not a lot, but we still make money. And finally, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That's anchor, the thing you throw off your boat, .fm to get started. Another episode of the Jamie Sports News Podcast. It's been a little while here uh, with the coronavirus. A global pandemic has thrown us off our game, Jack, but we're yeah, back. Yeah, and here's a little sad thought that I was thinking before we started this. Is this our last episode, technically, of this season? I mean, we might have one here and there as I guess so, news yeah. breaks, but yeah, I think this is our last episode. Like, We'll probably have to do an emergency pod for when Ben DiNucci gets drafted first. <laughs> By the Bengals. Over Joe Burrow. Do you think Danucci has a shot at getting drafted? Or do you think he's more of a rookie camp arm? No, but I think he'll, I do think he'll be a rookie camp guy. I don't, I'm going to be honest, I'm not sure. I guess Robinson probably gets drafted. No. Maybe. But I, he's, he fell he's off. He's fallen off a lot since the uh, injury. He got, yeah, got, I don't know if he's necessarily fallen off, but his draft stock has. That's, yeah, sorry, that's what I meant. And then um, no pro day with all this, which definitely I think hurts some of them. I wouldn't be surprised if no one gets drafted. From yeah, the if we if they had the pro day, I wouldn't have been surprised if three got drafted. But now not having a pro day, I wouldn't expect any of them to get drafted. I do think three will be on a practice squad or roster for the next season from this group. Yeah. I think Daka, Carter, and Robinson will all be on a roster. But yeah, yeah, Carter was what he did like a, one of those senior bowls, right? Yeah. So he had something where he got a little bit. He did of, one of the really so early. I guess if any, I guess they weren't early. They've all happened. But if anyone, if anyone has a chance of getting drafted, it's probably yeah. him, and it would be like in the seventh round. But I mean, we looked at like Moreland last year. Moreland fell all the way to the seventh, and I think he got a ton of buzz yeah. coming out. So you look at the lack of buzz for all the players right now. It'd be really hard, I think, for them to to get drafted. But like you were saying, you look at like Daka and uh, Carter and and Robinson. You've got three defensive guys right there that have legitimate chances to make rosters, and you add in. Uh, a guy like Riley Stapleton, Ben DiNucci, probably going to have at least chances yeah. um, in terms of rookie camp. So it'll be fun to see how it develops, obviously, um, how rookie camps will happen. Yeah. It's going to be interesting uh, just to see what happens with the uncertainty here the next few months. But you imagine eventually there will be football and those players will have a chance to show their yeah, stuff. I pray there's some sort of sports here in the next couple of months. Hopefully, man. Hopefully. But 
It's been a struggle. No sports. It doesn't matter because we still had huge news come through. Men's basketball has yes. started a new era. Lou Rowe's gone. Mark Byington is the new coach. Yes, Mark Byington of Georgia Southern is the new Breaking coach. News. His last, his last, <laughs> yeah. his last name has taken me a little bit of an adjustment period. How Byington, are you pronouncing? I think. It? I just when I saw it, I was like, "This could mean trouble for me because <laughs> there's a lot of stuff going on Bington. there." But it's not too hard. Yeah, Bington. But it's it's Byington. I think Mike Jones would have been a simpler <laughs> one just for the fans to pick up. Uh, it's my opinion. I don't mean you know, obviously don't want to hire anyone for the name, but you look at what Mike Houston did with a very simple name. But look at what Kurt Signetti's uh, doing. A not so simple name. Kurt's right, he lost in the championship. So <laughs> <laughs> that's why I think you need the name. No, it is what it is. What do you think about Byington? Because I've become more excited the last few days looking at it more. Um, but I also like when I heard it, uh somebody texted me was like had to Google who Mark Byington is like after the news came out. And that's exactly yeah. what I did when I heard he was hired. I was like, Oh cool. And then I Googled his name. Yeah. I, I did the exact same thing. I saw that it happened. I think Jeff Goodman was the first one to break it. And then Rothstein and all those other college basketball guys jumped on. But the second I saw it, I was like, Oh awesome. This, this is a cool guy. And then I was like, wait, I have no idea who he is. And then I saw it say like now former Georgia Southern coach. And I was like, Oh, so he's from another mid-major school. I mean, my initial reaction was, yeah, I had to Google him. And former Georgia Southern coach, never made it to the NCAA tournament, never made it to the NIT tournament. Career record of 131 and 97, so not too shabby. He did kind of rebuild that program. And I think in his seven years there, six of them had 20 win seasons. I think that's what the stat was. Um, He's four. Oh, my fault, my fault. Um, but three in a row. So three in a row, twenty-one season. Something JMU hasn't had since Brady left. Um, he's familiar with the CAA. He was a former player at UNC Dub. Um, I think he had like one thousand plus, fifteen hundred plus points there. Was good, and there's a lot of interesting connections coming through the woodwork right now to JMU with him. Um, I don't know if he's just saying this to get like good press or not, but like apparently he wanted. To, he's from Salem, so like kind of a local product, really wanted to play at JMU and sees JMU as the big time. Um, all of that's really good, but it's not who I would have wanted. It's not really who I initially wanted for the hire. And over time, I've become more meh on it. I, I, I'm just excited to see the on-court kind of um, product now, and we have to wait a very long time for that to happen. But I was excited, and now it's kind of turned to meh. I mean, it, it, to me, it's just a bland hire. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one. I think that when you look at the connections to the state of Virginia, obviously he's from there. You mentioned that he talked about wanting to play there. He was an assistant at both Virginia and Virginia Tech. Pretty short stints at both places, but he was an assistant at both spots. Now takes over the JMU head coaching job, which, as we all know, is in Virginia. So that's a huge connection there. And uh, I think the one thing that excites me the most is that, like, Georgia Southern was pretty terrible when he took over, and he was able to do some really nice things with the program. Uh, they ended on a win this year. I think they were moving to the Sun Belt semifinals before the season ended, so they would have had a chance to make the NCAA tournament had they done something there. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a, a league that Ken Palm rated a little bit better this past season than the CAA, um, so I think he'll be able to come in 
and I think the floor is much higher than it was under Rowe. Like I don't I don't think there's going to be a nine win season yeah. anytime soon. I imagine he'll be able to do a bunch more with it, but there's still not a lot of known in terms of the ceiling because, as you said, he's never been to the NIT. He's never been in the NCAA tournament. He never won the Sun Belt either. So uh, the best they finished was in a tie for second a season ago. So he certainly built the program up, but it wasn't like they were winning yeah. the league. But they have been tied for fourth or better in each of the last four years, right? So they're putting themselves in position basically to contend going into the conference tournament in what is traditionally a one-bid league. So there's like there's stuff that translates there that I think will be positive. He did some good stuff in terms of graduation rates. I mean, I'm excited for it. I think there's a lot of potential there. I also uh, – I still have my doubts. I still have my skepticism. I think my big thing is like they fired – Matt Brady because mutually parted ways, whatever they want to say, um, uh, with with Matt Brady because they wanted to reach a new level, and then Lewis Rowe took them uh, to the exact opposite of where they wanted to go, and now they have to sort of rebuild again. And my question is, can Mark Byington take them to a level that was actually higher than Matt Brady's level? Because Matt Brady had a bunch of twenty one yeah. seasons, right? So I don't think twenty one seasons should probably be the expectation, but you also want to win your league and develop into an elite mid-major and uh, we'll see what happens, I guess. We'll see how he's able to recruit. Yeah. Stuff. And I think his ceiling is that kind of unknown. His floor is a lot higher than Roe. I think his floor is very similar to that of Mike Jones. And there was a lot of mm-hmm. talk throughout the last couple of weeks that Mike Jones was the front runner and that he was kind of the guy. And there's reports coming out that it was all but a done deal and things like that. I think the reason Byington got the job over Jones not because of their floors. I think they have almost the exact same floors. I think it's because we know what Jones's ceiling is for the most part. And I think Byington's is more of the question mark. So I think that kind of allure of it all got him the job over Mike Jones. Do you agree with that? Maybe a little bit. I think that he's, he's younger. So there's a little bit less that's known about him. He probably has a higher, higher ceiling than Jones with a similar floor. So I understand that. Uh, the rationale there, although I was certainly still interested <laughs> in really? Mike Jones. I was kind of hoping. Yeah, I thought he was going to be a legit candidate. I was excited to see him potentially have that opportunity. But we'll see what, what Byington's able to do. I think he'll be be decent. And now he's in a weird position where he has to, like, re-recruit Jamie's roster via Zoom or phone calls to, like, try to get all these guys to stay. What is it right now? It's, it's Lewis and Wilson. Or not Lewis, sorry, Banks and Wilson. Banks and Wilson. I think um, from – Deshaun Parker's Twitter. I think he's kind of recommitted it to the program. Like he was, like yeah, he, was he kind of out. like changed his profile picture to a JMU picture. Um, so I think he's kind of recommitted. And I think our silence on the Lewis front lends to me that Probably he is staying as well. So it looks like they're keeping the core of Lewis, Parker, Christmas, Wooden, and Harvey, and Jacobs. Yeah, I haven't heard anything from them. So that would be a, a positive um, if he's able to keep a decent number of those guys. I mean, I think they could go in next year with the opportunity to win 20 games. I really do. Cause they've got that decent roster. If he's able to do something with it, that would certainly be awesome. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens. It's not, <laughs> it's hard to be like overly thrilled just because it's not like they landed a big name or they landed some like young gun assistant who's been at a team that's been yeah. winning like crazy. Right. He um, he's done some good things. He's had some good experiences, and um, but I also think like it's so hard to know right now, right? We got to be patient. People are reading. I don't know if 
if you agree with this, but in my opinion, people were reading way too much into like everything he did. He like, he would post out, post a, um, well, like a video where he like mentioned the lacrosse program having success and people, people are like, I love this. I love this. I love that he, he knows these things. I'm like, all right, he may have just done a Google search, but that's like, that's the SID's job. And the SID for basketball is a fantastic SID. Like you kind of send him over like, Hey, know these things and so Byington read those real quick like it's very easy to familiar familiarize yourself with oh our lacrosse team is a national champion women's basketball had a very like you know those things it's kind of like right it's sorry it's, to interrupt it's kind of like what Tom Brady did with asking for um his teammates phone numbers when he signed like people blew that up but it's like that should be the the logical thing it's just yeah, uh, the yeah the Brady stuff is Brady stuff is funny, and they're like, "What a quarterback! He has to communicate with his new teammates." Like, well, color me. Like, I mean, just oh, super surprised by this. I don't know, but people I just felt like were reading into it a lot. Where he he would like tweet, you know, his respect for Lewis Rowe with like four and a half typos, and people are like, "I love to see this from him. Absolutely love this." It's like I'm sure he's a great dude. Like I'm sure he's a nice guy. And he's doing normal things, but again, like Lewis Rowe was a really nice yeah, guy, and and he he they mutually mutually parted ways with him. So I don't know. I mean, you got to win. You got to be able to do things. You got to be able to recruit at a really high level. Um, I think people are like based on random Twitter mentions where people are like, "We're gonna miss you, coach." They're like, "This <laughs> is huge news for JMU." It's like, well, no, it's not. It doesn't really mean anything. Like he's a good coach, but let's give him a chance to see what he does, and let's not read too much or too little into. Into anything. Let's just see what happens on the court, right? He's got a new arena, probably going to have a decent roster returning and a chance to recruit. Um, let's see what he's able yeah, to and do. Yeah, it's kind of like um, all the reports coming out around this hire that JMU was willing to kind of open the checkbook and they were kind of oh looking for a splash, not necessarily a splash hire, but a, a bigger hire and to kind of move up the ranks of CAA coaches and, and pay it among those that group and I know there was no way we I kept joking and and sometimes being serious about Shaka but I knew there was no way they were getting Shaka smart things like that I expected but I mean there were points where I I expected a bigger named coach and it might just because of the timing of everything with this global pandemic and and all of that um that I was kind of surprised that it was a Mike Houston type hire almost. And I remember we were saying that like on past podcasts about how Bournes was good with that with Mike Houston things, but it just kind of seems like we're hoping for another diamond in the rough. And I feel like where this program is right now, you don't necessarily want a pro a a, a diamond in the rough. Don't get me wrong. I, I expect him to, and I hope he turns this program around, but I just feel like a, I feel like I'm already bashing on this guy, but I, I guess that's just par for the course with men's basketball. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Jamie men's basketball could do better than a diamond in the rough. Like, I think this is where Jamie was at, and that, people yeah. sort of overhyped that, like, name brand coach. But you looked more and more at it. It's like, who are they going to be able to Matt bring Langley. in for a name brand? Yeah, a huge name brand. Hey, at least <laughs> he got into the NCAA coach. tournament, I mean, and they were a shot away I, this year from getting back. Yeah, well, that doesn't cut it. You missed it. So, I mean, it's interesting, but... Yeah, because Byington's got that so many more times. Hey, 
<laughs> Especially if you added NIT appearances too. Woo! I think they're going to be fine. They'll make the tournament at some point under Byington, I would, I would think. But um, it's going to be interesting to see what, how it all plays out. I just don't think they were able to get a big brand name. And then this is like what he should be paid, yeah. right? It was like yeah. 375000 base. Like yeah. you don't want to just spend yeah. 700000 be like, he's our brand. Like, I, the the, the yeah. money-wise is right for the hire. I, th- I tweeted something yeah. out about it from Jamie Sports News, like right when it all happened and the money numbers were coming out. And I think it could have been misconstrued what I was saying in my tweet. But yeah, that's what I was saying. Like they, they there was talk that they were going to hire a bigger name, but Byington is right. right for this amount. I was just surprised that they went with Byington and that amount when there were reports that they were trying to get a bigger name and bigger amount. I just can't think of any big name that could possibly. Yeah, land. that's very. Where they bring in like Seth? Would you feel better about Seth okay? Greenberg? All of those no, and also that's the thing when you when you start talking about bigger names in the in the landscape of collegiate basketball, the the bigger names just the the money they they command exponentially grows. Like you go from a four hundred thousand dollar coach, like what what Byington is. Say he is successful here for the next five years and makes it to two NCAA tournaments or even one, but a couple of CAA win- wins. Yeah, national exactly. Championship. But like he's going to go on to another program that's going to give him two mil. Like that jump is just exponential. For sure. And the one thing that I do like that excites me a little bit is like when Lewis Rowe came in, he had never coached a game as a head coach. And this guy is 131 wins as a head coach. Like, I think that's a huge, huge boost for the program just to have someone that like, all right, we know he can at least do this a little bit, you know, and you look at even a guy like, um, Matt Brady, Matt Brady, when he came to to JMU, he had only been a head coach for four seasons at Marist, where Mark Byington he's had, he yeah, seven. He's had seven. And, so, and he's had a lot of experience yeah, so, as an assistant at, at, at UVA and, and kind of bigger schools than what Roe was. Yeah, so I think they're – yeah, right. He was Bowling like what, Green. Green in JMU before. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited about it. I think there is good potential. But, yeah, I mean – you just got to win. Like it comes down to you just got to find ways to win, but it's, I think it's a pretty, um, I have a similar reaction to what I would have had if Mike Jones was hired. It's a pretty safe hire. I think it's like, all right, we're not going to be nearly as bad and we'll see what the, the um, ceiling is. But you look at a guy like Mike Houston, Mike Houston, I wasn't, when he was hired, I was like, <laughs> eh, I don't really know what this means, but I knew the roster would be good. So you just wait and see what happens. And it obviously worked out pretty well so i think if you have even if it's a similar situation where byington's able to build the program let's say he coaches three seasons wins the league twice and leaves i still think that's a plus plus and a positive and i think if you do that you're able to excite the donors enough that they might actually shell out for yeah. a bigger name that's a good point do you think there's any chance he keeps this full nucleus do you think there's any chance he's able to recruit banks and wilson back or do you think they're all but gone um, I mean, it'd be weird to post like a Twitter yeah. note about how you're leaving and then come back. But I, I think he's going to have a chance, but I looked at some <laughs> of the reports that some of those like hardcore recruiting yeah. people are doing now. And they look at some of the names that have like reached out to Wilson Specifically and, Banks, and I was Banks. like, Whoa, Banks is some Butler. Um, he had a great list. Yeah. I think Florida talked to him or at least, or Which at least is great Wilson. for, for both of those guys. Like, Move on up because Banks is a special talent that you you saw in flashes at JMU and and there are times I was kind of thinking, wow, Banks is really good to be at JMU. 
Yeah, he heard from some good ones. Georgia was on there, Marquette. Like, I think both guys, South Florida looked at them. I know yeah. they're both Florida guys. I think Wilson was the one that had Florida reach out. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, yeah, I mean, it'll be really interesting. And I know that some of this was like hearing from a list of schools. It wasn't necessarily yeah. like they're offering him a spot. So it's a little different. So I wouldn't be stunned if they did talk to Byington and they go through the process and they find that they don't love the list of recruits. And maybe you see a guy like Matt Lewis, Deshaun Parker, uh, other people stay. I wouldn't be stunned if one of them said, you know what, um, let me make the move. But also the same thing when they, when they do a big yeah. buy, you would think that they're, they're probably yeah. not coming back, but we've talked and we've said basically if they're able to keep, you know, a few of these core guys, it's probably yeah. I think okay. we said three of six of the the kind of core guys that saw the the court last year in terms of Parker, Lewis, Wilson, Banks, Christmas, and was it Wooden? If they could keep yeah. three of those six, they'll be in a good spot next year. We said if they could keep five of the six, they're CAA winners. Um, but it looks like they're going to be keeping four of the six as of. Wednesday, March 25th at 2.40 p.m. Yeah, I mean, you look at a potential starting lineup. It looks like they need to either recruit or um, maybe bring in, like, a transfer center. I think that's kind of the area where they're lacking, especially if Wilson leaves. Uh, one of those, like, legit yeah. big men. Maybe someone who's closer to seven feet. But they've kind of lacked that for the last Ever? Like, eight years. <laughs> I don't so. remember. I think the <laughs> so. tallest guy was 6'10". Well, no, it was probably Alex Schultz in, when he was seven foot. But Yeah, the walk-on. But, yeah, he didn't right? see the court. So, probably, like, a 6'10 was the tallest, like, player they've had see the court in the last who knows how long. Yeah, so it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens and how it works, but um, hopefully they're able to bring in some guys and, and play at a high level and, and do all these things. I'm excited to see how it goes. I think it's good to have a new coach. It's good to have this this opportunity. I did say last year, and I think it might have worked out. They probably would have lost more in terms of transfers, but I still partially think they should have taken a harder look at moving on from Roe a year ago. I understand why they made the decision that they did, but a lot of people are like, oh, you start this new era in the new arena. It's all good. But imagine if Byington or someone yeah. else had had a year to like implement their system, go through whatever roster turnover they did, and then really sort of get into it in year two. I think that yeah. could have been positive as well, which is obviously already done. In, <laughs> yeah, I, agree. Option, I mean, but... we both were kind of calling for Rose's job last year. And yeah, I mean, this first year, people kind of consider it year zero almost for a new coach just because it's none of the guys he really recruited and it's kind of using – a system that he might not necessarily go with fully. Um, so if he could have done year zero in the last year of convo um, and, and won more than nine games, I, that would have been a plus. And then you go into year one in the new convo, everything would have been fantastic. It would have been a positive for sure. But here we are. This is the situation that we have. So I'm excited to see how it works and uh, hopefully – they actually win some games. We will see if that over under wins next season. I'm going to set it at 17 and a half. Over oh man, let's say they okay. If they keep like if only Wilson and no, I, not if I'm, I'm telling you right here, right now, you got to pick 17 and a half over under wins next season. 17 and a half. Wow, all right. 
I like I would I'll wow, take I'm the, over. the under, but I think they'll be a top half CAA team and we'll make a little bit of a CA tournament run. Top half and you think they're making a run and you think they're yeah, going I think under. they'll be at 17 16 wins. Okay, okay. I don't think much under. Like I don't well, think, I think they'll be like go 10 over. wins or 8 wins or 9 wins. But I think they'll be like I don't think they'll reach 18 wins is what I'm saying. Gotcha, gotcha. I think they will because Mark <laughs> Byington is a legend. The Salem, Virginia legend. And, uh, yeah, so hopefully he's good. I saw something on like Facebook too where people were talking about his his free throw shooting. They're like, "Doesn't he shoot ninety percent from the line at UNCW?" That really help us. I looked it up. He shot like seventy seven percent. I'm like, "All right, we're already like overhyping this guy." Like, great. Wasn't he like the best free throw shooter in college basketball history? It's like, no, he's just a guard. He was a guard. <laughs> but all right. I also love like <laughs> anyway. probably this is our last little side tangent on Byington, but like. He's already getting like almost the Lou Rowe treatment with the way he's like talking about JMU. Now all the JMU fans are like, he is dedicated to this. Pro- he loves this program so much that he <laughs> wanted to go here, and we just didn't recruit him. Like we messed up. He is a JMU legend, and it's like mm, I don't think so. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think we need to just give him a chance to, to be himself. It's crazy how much people just, like, want sports that they're like, all right, so I watched his 90-second video talking about the program about 25 times, and I've decided that he's a, a Duke, proud and true. And it's like, all right, just let's be patient here and let the man coach. But, yeah. Also, I will say that he should not get a year zero because if the roster does come back in any capacity, it's a pretty decent team, and I do not allow him a year zero like Roe has. Okay. I'm all not right. about it. All right. All right. Okay. Not about it. Like, like, oh, does Mike Houston know a national champion because it was zero, year zero? All right. I see your point. I'll concede that point. I'll concede that point. And Rose roster that first year was not. What he went ten games, and then he ends up winning nine. Yeah, that last low year. key that roster his first year was a twenty win roster the year before. Yeah, I mean, losing Ron Curry hurt. I mean, they, they had some the pieces there. I mean, Jackson Kent. I don't know. You add 25 pounds to Jackson Kenton. You had Ramon Snowden. You had Johanny Dallenberg. You had... Snowden, Snowden was good for 4.3 rebounds <laughs> a game. Snowden was good. Snowden was no, good they for the some, random outlet. They had some guys like, that I... random, like, three threes had, in a row. They had a bunch of role players on the team that, like, could have been good in spurts, but instead of having it be, like, every night two or three guys really stepped up, they just never like fully reached Brown, potential. Mr. Three-point. That dude should have... He should have been like a 20-point-per-game dominant force, but if he missed the first shot in the game, you could just write it off. And he was about to go 0 for 12 because his body language would slump and stuff. But if he made his first two, he was about to drop 25 <laughs> in your face. It was, it was insane. <laughs> Who else was on that team? Missed that guy. I don't know. <laughs> it's a weird team, man. Uh, I mean, uh, let's look it up and go through this roster. Um, Tom Vadonovich. He was yeah, a scrapper. Love that guy. He would get he would get in your um, face and stuff. He who was, else? Yeah. I'm glad that was Chabarkov on that team. He was Dimitri because he was the best shooter in on the team. That man had an incredible three point shot and like a hook shot. Yeah, he had some weird. Moves so I, I'm really glad everyone who tuned in to listen to Mark Byington is now hearing us reminisce on Coach Rose' year zero <laughs> rock first run. <laughs> 
year one in my book. <laughs> we don't get any of these excuses. No excuses for Mr. Byington and company. Let's see. Who, who was their second? Because Jackson Kent here. was their leading scorer. Who was their second leading scorer? Was he actually Yeah, 100. He was the only, like, consistent somewhat player. Oh, they had Stucky as a junior, but I feel like he was sitting Stucky out Stucky was sitting year. out that year. Joey McLean. Terrence Johnson, but I think he ended up transferring. Vince Holmes also ended up transferring. Tyreek Nady was a walk-on freshman guard who they got a technical foul his first game or something because they didn't have a really? book. Um, yeah. <laughs> Chabarkaba was there. Oh, they had that VCU transfer sitting out too, Sism, and then he ended up leaving. Oh, yeah, sorry. He played a couple of and games they had, oh, they had... the next season and was like, okay, and then he left. And then they had Yohani Dallenbear and uh, Ivan Lukic. Yeah, Jerron Schism was was, some piece. was some all right too. He was a VCU kid, and then he came. Yeah, they had and Johanny Dallenberg, Remember, sec- like halfway through the season, he got sat out because of something, like a like a medical condition. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, man, what a, the memories! Do you remember Cameron Smith? <laughs> How could I not? <laughs> If you remember when they played him, they didn't play him all year, and he started the conference tournament yeah, opener. And he, and he, he I think did last, fairly well. That was well. last year. And then he was gassed after 30 seconds because they didn't play him, and he hadn't played all year, and he was like, hadn't been able to train. And I was like, what in the You're world is this? You're my favorite player of all time on JMU's roster. Devel Phillips. Devel Phillips got in the doghouse weirdly and then never played. And I was like, what happened? Yeah, that was, that was really weird. Because he was like a solid inside guy who was fairly athletic. And then halfway through the season, his minutes just started going down. Happened with Christmas, too. I wonder if there's something there. It's very, very odd. And the other guy that I was looking through just now, and I'm going to be honest with you, I completely Greg forgot Jones. that he had transferred. Greg Jones. I totally forgot about Greg Jones. He's doing really well at, I think, Virginia Union, a D2 school in Richmond. Like, really well. I thought he went to, like, Connecticut. No. Who went to Connecticut? I don't know. Like, UConn? <laughs> no, no, like a... No, like a... No, definitely uh, Greg Jones went to Virginia Union. This is him, Greg. No, no way. Where are you seeing that? No, this is Southern, like, Connecticut State. Yeah. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> 100%. 100% he went to Southern Connecticut State. No. Are you just – have you been tracking – have you been tracking a different Greg Jones who's, like, falling out? <laughs> no, you're – I'm on his Twitter right now. Let me Let me tell you. Yeah, he's only retweeting – it would be really odd if he was retweeting Southern Connecticut State. And this man did not play there. Who went to Virginia Union then? I swore someone went <laughs> to Virginia Union. No idea. You're like, oh, well, he has been tearing, tearing it up. up where <laughs> he has been tearing it up over here. Look at this: thirteen point eight points, seven point six boards, leads the team yeah, in blocks. He, yeah, dang, bro, man, this kid's shooting thirty four percent from three. Yeah, he's coming over there. Shooting 88.9% from the free throw line. <laughs> what did this? All right, this was, we missed on him. We missed on him. Facts. He put up 
Dude, put up 31 against Stonehill. New Stonehill. <laughs> uh, no idea. Did he drop 27? Drop 27 on New York County. All right. Moving on. Fif- 15 boards against Franklin Pierce. Um, so, yeah, the Byington era has started. Franklin Pierce always can close Bennett it. is still caught up on Greg Jones tearing it up in Connecticut in D2. You told me he was. I didn't go catch a <laughs> Greg Jones game. Um, so I think a quick hit is in is in what is in order. Thank order. you for uh, women's basketball. They had a BPI like coin flip thing, and they ended up in the Sweet Sixteen. And Kamaya yeah. Smalls is now a household name. That's all about I have on that. <sighs> Very <laughs> disappointing. Yes, BP, BPI said they were going to win the national championship. <laughs> Not really. It said they were going to the Sweet Sixteen with two upset wins as an eleven seed. It said Kamaya Smalls dropped thirty two on somebody. Like what? And so we missed out on it because of the freaking stupid virus. But it is what it is. No, it just thinks that that team had a season cut short because it had them losing to Drexel and still making the NCAA tournament. And I think Kamaya Kamaya quote tweeted it, and she was like, "Yeah, losing to Drexel, all right, or something like that." Which I think is funny. She's not focused on the part that they're going to the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, they like go to the Sweet Sixteen, and she's like, "You think we're losing to Drexel?" (laughs) Well, here's a here's a that also had Drexel upsetting someone in the first round as well. Here's a thought. So the CA would have been rich. Here's a thought, a thought gain. If they beat okay. Drexel in the CA tournament and become CA champions, what seed are they then? Still an 11, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> They're a two seed. <laughs> if they pick up that win over Drexel, I'm putting them in the one line. But they lose, stick them in. They might have gotten to like a 10 or something. No. Uh, um. I feel like if they lost, they would have been at 12. If they lost, I'm going to be honest, I don't think, I don't know they would have gotten hey, in. According to BPI, they did, so. BPI, very accurate. Screw the but, net. Uh, yeah, no, we, we missed that. We missed baseball was playing well. Gosh. We missed softball, which I could have vented more about their inconsistent pitching. We did get a lot of, lot worth of that. You, we had a lot of vent sessions on that. Yeah, well, I guess it was, that's the only positive is I can stay calm. What well, else? Lacrosse was playing well, pretty well. All of, well. This, all of teams was were really playing good. really well. The NCAA is talking about right now granting another year of eligibility for winter and or spring sports. What are your feelings on that overall? I don't think they'll give it to winter, and I think that's it stinks, but it yeah kind of fair because they played like ninety five percent of the season in some cases. Right, some some teams were literally done. Like so, if you give it back to them, it would be kind of weird. Um, and you'd have to, I think you'd have to do it in a way that was really specific to teams like, um, teams that were still had their season alive and chances to play. And I think that would be too hard to do. So I don't think that'll happen. I wish they would do it where it'd be like, you can get the 5% back. So like Kamaya Small can just wait and play in the NCAA tournament only. (laughs) Well-rested Lexi Barrier, Kamaya Smalls, Jackie Benitez, Kayla Cooper Williams. Just bring them back for like a tournament. Like you have no tape on them all season. And then they try out this starting five. And they're like, what the why? <laughs> Completely different five. Yeah, no, that'd be crazy. Obviously, they won't do that because it would be nonsensical. And what we, I don't know what they would do all year either, just waiting for it. Twiddle their thumbs in the gold convo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Matthew Urbach. I don't know where he went. Oh, he just, I think um, he just quit. Just like... <laughs> Why are you still scrolling through <laughs> okay. their old roster? <laughs> they have Sorry. a new, new um, three point specialist. Yeah. Quinn Ritchie. Uh, the Furman guy, I think, would have been a good coach, too, but I think he was above us. Um, okay, okay, okay. 
No, but the eligibility, I think spring sports athletes should get it. I wonder, though, if they'll only do it for seniors. Yeah. Um, we'll have to see what happens there, which would still benefit a lot of athletes, but it would suck if you're like a really talented freshman, sophomore, junior, and you played four games and you don't have a chance to it's just like well, a lost season. I think because um, originally I was like, yeah, they should only do it for seniors. But as time has gone on, I mean, under the NCAA rules, they like fall under the red shirt rule. They didn't play what more than 33% of their season. Is that for every sport? Though? Oh, football. I thought it was just football. I think it, there is like a percentage of the season you have to play to like burn your year of eligibility. Because like if you get injured like in the fourth yeah. game, you you didn't lose that entire year. Right, yeah. they probably grant you so, that. That's yeah. why I think it would make sense for them to give them the option. There are going to be players, I would, I would guess though, that maybe they're a junior and they're like, you know what, I don't really want an additional year. I want to graduate yeah. in four. This will just be my senior year. So it's going to be weird. Um, but hopefully they at least grant some eligibility. I hope it's widespread. And um, for anyone who who missed it, so we'll see what happens. But it's it it's also a crazy then comes time. into the fact of like baseball isn't full scholarship. So do some of these seniors have the financial means to then come back yeah, exactly. for another year? Because some of them might be in a lot of debt right now and won't be able to afford a fifth right. year of college as much as they would want to play. They'd still have to go through their entire fall semester, and then they'd have to wait till spring to just play. The logistics are a nightmare, but hopefully the NCA figures it out because you know, a lot of these guys deserve that, and guys and girls deserve that opportunity. So, um, I want an additional year. I'd be interested in having a tuition free additional year, where you and I come in, we just do management <laughs> for a year, grant us the eligibility back, give us a chance. Worst case scenario, you know, we'll do it, and um, if we're able to do it, great. If we're not, that's fine. Yeah, honestly, I mean, I wouldn't say no to that. Exactly. So NCAA, do right by us. Give us a chance to, to live our dreams. Um, anything else to add? <laughs> Who is number 20? I don't know. Oh, that's the uh, yeah, well, I uh, think... Spotswood kid. That sounds so rude. JMU uh, Dalton Jefferson. I don't think he, men, I think he may have played a couple of right, all right. season, but he's from East Rock. JMU men. Gotcha. JMU men's basketball. They're like four or five star recruits away from figuring this thing out. Yeah. So, so if you're Kentucky. a five star recruit listening listening to this, just commit. All right. Like no questions asked. You don't need to visit. You don't need to do anything. Commit and just play for like four full seasons. <laughs> don't go pro early and. Um, got a chance to do something well here's one more thought question brain question before we head out brain (laughs) Brain question question. that's what corn this This comes from the brain (laughs) i can't hardly talk anymore um one more if you're ever a five-star recruit would you for the fun of it go to like (laughs) for like a mid-major you know like a mid-major school and just dominate for like a year or two and then go pro I think it'd be kind of like, fun. Think of yeah. how, much, how, how dominant a five-star recruit, like Zion going to, going to JMU, and just think of what he would have done to the CAA. <laughs> I mean, Zion, like, is extreme because of what he did to the ACC. <laughs> but, but, like, not even like a Zion, just like a kid who goes in as, like, a normal, solid Duke like player. A Trey Jones. Like a normal, solid let's take yeah like a trey jones let's say you're like um i guess he was pretty good too like a um 
Cole, I guess Cole Anthony was hurt, and that's kind of why he was not as good. But like, let's say Cole Anthony is like, all right, I'm doing one year in the CAA, <laughs> and he just shoots 50 times a game and drops like 65 points, and then he bounces. But also, he would be, I like an well, that's icon what I'm saying. Like, I for the rest of his life. Think about you know what that. I mean? Like in North Carolina, no North Carolina, yeah, no North Carolina fans are gonna be like, do you remember Cole Anthony? Like, no one's gonna look at him as like the best player they've ever had. And I think he he had an announcement yesterday about how he's not gonna have any more announcements. Um, about about his future but um yeah so maybe he'll come back and have a sophomore year and like build up his status there but you could be one of these one and done dudes go to a right? random mid-major and they will adore well, like, you for a look year at like Toppin oh, and uh, yeah. john moran yeah, exactly. like, they both did like multiple years yes. at their school i think john went all four but like their mid not just not just murray state and dayton like folk heroes now they're mid-major basketball folk heroes yeah, Damian yeah, Lillard was a Portland CJ State or Weber State or something. High. One of those. Yeah, he was Weber State, wasn't he? He plays in yeah, Portland now. I almost got that. I dig it. <laughs> God, that's why I did it. I knew he was like a West Coast team that wasn't good, and people would be like, this guy leads the nation in scoring. I'm like, okay. <laughs> what, I don't like know your 15-year-old no, self? Okay. Cool. Yeah, I was like, all right, they're not, they're not doing crap in the tournament. <laughs> But now it's crazy. I would do that. But those sure. guys weren't even well, like I don't know highly would, but... recruited guys. They were under recruited, like right. not great in high school, and then just yeah. If I'm a one and done, I am a hundred percent looking at like going to the College of Charleston and becoming a legend. Just come to JMU, <laughs> win a bunch of games, drop thirty on people, and, uh, and bounce. I think that'd be so much fun. If I was if I was skilled, I think I think I don't know if I would have done that, but there would have definitely been a thought in my mind of like. It would take a very, like, different 18-year-old. You know what I mean? Like, you'd have to be sort of wired strangely <laughs> to not want to play at, like, Duke and have that atmosphere to want to play in front of, like, but smaller the crowds. crowds be but the crowds would be huge. Just like, you would sell out. Like, the second Zion start, like... the ho- I feel like the home... Oh, Zion could do it anywhere. But if you're, like... I don't know if Trey Jones is selling out UNCW's arena if he's playing on the road. Okay, yeah, in terms of that. But, like, he, like home games Home games, yeah. Home like, games would be imagine- nuts, yeah. I'm trying to think of another recent like star that's come like like a, like we would try to recruit Lonnie Walker. like uh, Victor Oladipo. Like Buddy Healed, these Oklahoma Indiana stars. Like, could you imagine them at JMU for a season or or like four Buddy years? Heald. I think Buddy Healed was there for four years. Like that'd be fun. Yeah, wait. Let me let's look at the NBA draft, 2019 NBA draft. And I'll pick out some names, and we'll we'll find the right one that would have been a good. Jamie I think this is the best part. I think this is the best. I think I might cut this to the beginning of the podcast because this is by far some of the best content we've ever had. It really is. Continue with that. Debating whether or not these Let's five star RJ Barrett would have been, been a classic. Oh, North Carolina, Kobe Yo, White. He's doing good in Chicago. Yeah, he would have been fun. Cam Reddish would have been like a classic. Could do Tyler Hero he played in Kentucky. Fun. P.J. Washington, yeah, yeah, those guys would have been absolute legends. Ty Jerome, <laughs> Ty Jerome, DeAndre been, Hunter. Like, this year, little DeAndre Hunter would have been cool. Mom Day Diatiki Day. Yeah. That was close. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that if we had added Justin Wright Foreman, could you have imagined Hofstra's team in at JMU? 
Like even yeah, I think if we can get a twenty win team with like some scores, we just need a dude that can drop thirty we just need a guy that can no, drop thirty stop, a game. Get out of here. We don't need a volume shooter. We need a scorer. He's not a volume. He's um, efficient. We we need someone. We need a team that can consistently get us chicken nuggets. Consistently get us chicken nuggets. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. I want a high. I hope they keep the same tempo where they just like run. They don't think of anything. No, that's what lost oh, them. Oh games. wait, let me, wait. Let me check that. <laughs> let me check the tempo for Georgia. What's their fa- I think they were pretty quick. Georgia Southern. Yeah, they ran the 41st fastest tempo in the three? country. Uh, <laughs> hold on, I can't find this. Oh, no, we slowed down. 32. So we're going to run okay, very fast. Right. Hopefully they take good shots while doing that. I hope not. <laughs> They were yeah no we were 230th in offensive efficiency and uh, Georgia Southern was 182nd but they were 100 that's not that's good good. they were 100 <laughs> they were 102nd defensively pretty decent no, that's and not. we okay. were they're not even top 100 no, top 100 second that's not top yeah 100. yeah that's basically top 100 but th- we were 323rd oh, so jump okay 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 <laughs> that's a huge, huge jump, jump. Right. huge jump and. They were the 134th best in the country. What were we? 311. How many teams were there? They were just behind Wright State. How many teams are there? 353. So So they're like a top third. They were a top third team. And we were a bottom third team. Yeah. So basically, we're going from a team not making any postseason considerations to like a legitimate final four so this is a team that i would expect so last year's team was weird them getting a couple caa first place votes this is a team next year that i would expect one or two caa first place votes out of you think they're gonna get first place i think they won't get any but they'll get this year they should but they're losing dwight wilson and darius banks but they're gaining a better coach and we all know in college basketball coach is more important than a roster Unless you're UNC. Mm. And with that, anything else? <laughs> I hope that our assistant coaches are shocked. Yep. And, Greg and for Bennett Conlon, my name is Jack Fitzpatrick. You guys have a re- wonderful rest of what, your Thursday. See ya. There are no sports. This is terrible.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.